You're listening to episode number 40 of Blooming a Healthy Home by Design. Today, I have Marla esser Clues on the show. She's a green home coach, and she has her own podcast called Everyday Green Home. Marla says living green or sustainably is more than just about saving money on your electric bill and doing your part to protect natural resources. It's also about a safer and healthier life for you and your family without sacrificing style, quality, or budget. She helps her clients gain peace of mind for knowing that their home does all it can to be a supportive component to a healthy lifestyle. From simple swaps to green and sustainable actions and products or a green certified home, they all lead to a difference you can feel. Putting these actions in place can help you save money, time, and effort to finance, operate, and maintain your home. She's an NAHB Master Certified Green Professional, Lead AP, and Wellness Within Your Wall Certified Professional. So needless to say, I love what she's doing to help others live healthier lives, and so I'm super excited to have her here with us. We all deserve to live in a healthy home environment. Today, Marla is going to cover the five myths around green homes. It's uh, the common misconceptions that people have surrounding green. It means so many different things to different people, and I'll bet you probably think some of these are true. So if you're interested in knowing how easy it is to live in a healthier home environment, or if you're a wellness agent and you want to share these myths with your audience, be sure to stay tuned. Let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming a Healthy Home by Design, we're gonna uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. Welcome, Marla. I'm so excited that you're here. Marla is a green home coach, and I find that so interesting because I'm sure not everybody knows what a green home coach is. Um, so tell us, how did you get started with that? <laughs> well, many, many moons ago. Yeah. I actually started with a different business name. So green home coach is both what I am and my business name, but it I, I kind of earned it over the years, but um, ages ago, back Oh my gosh, like 15 years ago, I had already grown up with my grandmother who was in um, a young adult in the depression, you know, kind of the waste, not want, not thing. And so just kind of lived by that motto. But then about 15 years ago, my daughter had this chemical reaction, um, which we later learned was an allergy to an additive in a laundry product while we were on vacation. We were on a cruise ship. And she, bless her heart. She had this bright red rash. And so I started having to really read labels and 
the more I learned, the more I went, oh, this is not cool. And I started this connection between like our health and the health of the products were, you know, were around. And so that kind of sat with me for a few years. And then I ended up working with a friend of mine in getting his business up and going in St. Louis when I lived there. And it was an energy efficiency boutique consulting firm to help people make their homes more energy efficient. And as a result of that work, I got involved with the sustainability community in St. Louis. And I felt like I had come home. <sighs> I was like, okay, these are my beeps. This, this, yeah. this, everybody understands this. This is great. And I learned so, 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 so much from those people. And eventually my buddy and I decided to part company and go ways. Ironically enough, I just talked to him today. Um, so we still keep in touch all these many moons later. Um, he went much more technical and works with passive homes. If you've ever heard of passive homes, so they're uh -huh. very, very energy efficient, um, almost zero energy homes. Yeah. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go more every day. And I wanted to go more mainstream and help people understand the things they could do, the actions they could take, which is where the name Green Home Coach eventually came from. Um, just helping you know, you have a coach for everything you do these days, right? You've got a life coach, you got a business coach, you got a softball coach, you got a personal fitness coach. And so why not have a green home coach? Well, right. I think it's because so, not everybody realizes that they really need a green home coach, right? So, I mean. Right. And that, that green is the misnomer because yeah. it means something completely different to everybody. It's gotten very politically charged, as have many other terms in our society today. And I usually like to spend a little bit of time helping people clarify what green can mean to them. Mm -hmm. Because it means, you know, one person it means organic, another person it means energy efficient, another person it means all natural, another person it means chemically responsible. I mean, there's just so many different definitions. Right. Well, and you have, to, you have put together um, five myths about green I'd love to talk about. Because yeah, and in the homes is where I really dove in. And, yeah. you know, we don't do a great job, and I know you know this, Sheila, is connecting the dots between our personal health and all the stuff around us is, well, A, it's scary. I mean, I think a lot of us kind of want to put our heads in the sand because it's hard to it's hard to fathom how much there is going on around us. Well, and I think that you can get down that rabbit hole and think that then everything's toxic and that's not a good place to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you and feel like it's getting out of control. I think, okay, yeah. well, if everything's toxic, then I can't do anything. <laughs> well, it's like the, it's like everybody's saying, well, I don't want anything chemical. And it's like, I'm sorry, but everything in the earth is chemical. <laughs> we're made right um, but this focus on homes was really where i found i i could help and i i think so many people think they have to go all or nothing and they don't and that was where this this white paper i don't know what you call it um the piece yeah. <laughs> that i wrote that talks about the five myths that's where it came from uh -huh. was how, how do you how do you get past these things that we think that 
are keeping us from doing wonderful things that improve our lives and that make us live better in our homes. And that's the part I, I just see so many people who are like, well, I can't, I can't do it all. I can't afford it. I can't do this. And eh. yeah. So before you get to the five myths, I'm wondering, so how do, when customers or clients find you, are they, what makes them think, oh, I think I need a green home coach? So usually it's somebody that's interested in either health through mm -hmm. so having a healthier home and a lot, I mean, you think about the dozens and dozens of things that go into make up a home. Mm -hmm. I mean, just looking at my room here, you know, I've got carpet, I've got furnishings, I've got paint, I've got lighting, I've got windows, I've got window coverings. You do too. And every one of those things carries a, a load with it, a makeup. And some of those makeups are better than others. And a big part of what's happening in our homes is a lot of the materials that we bring in and our furnishings and our cleaners and our carpets, paints, et cetera, off gas. Yeah. And while one dose, you know, a lot of these items are tested for safety. And yeah, you know, if you're getting just one load of it, it mm -hmm. is usually okay, but that's not how we live. Mm -hmm. we live with it every day. And what the effects are of a little bit every day has not been studied as much. It is starting to be, but we're now learning that repeated um, breathing of certain chemicals and volatile organic compounds. That's a big one you hear about VOCs. Mm -hmm. It's having an effect on us. And things like formaldehyde are now being found to be carcinogenic and that's still in some of the products that come in our homes. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that, but we don't know. So we don't know what we don't know. Well, and it seems and like- And we need more people to know. Yeah, sorry. No, um, no, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, I just think that sometimes it's people when they have a problem, they start having migraines or there's unexplainable problems with their health that then they start looking at their environment and we don't want it to be that way where people have to have a problem first to start learning some of these things right and like anything else that we do that has long-term benefits it's really hard for us to grasp how we're going to take an action right now that's going to have this really long-term payback i mean you even i mean our whole society is based on first-time costs mm -hmm. and that applies with our food, with how we take care of our bodies, with what we buy. And there's more of us starting to understand that there is a, you know, a life cycle cost to things. So if you go out and you buy a piece of clothing that's a lot more expensive, but it's extremely well-made and it lasts you for 15 years, and that one thing is gonna replace in 15 years, then you've kept 15 years worth. Let's say you buy a new shirt every year, but this one lasts 15 years. So now you've kept 14 shirts from going bye-bye. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You've kept 14 shirts from having to be laundered. You've kept 14 shirts that aren't having the burden um, mm -hmm. manufactured. So when you start thinking about every single thing you bring into your home, that adds up. Mm -hmm. And so there's the health perspective, there's the waste perspective, and all of this ties in because anything that affects our health personally almost always affects the health of the larger community. Right. So this whole idea of climate change and tying it to our health, 
There's definitely a tie there, but so many people don't see it yet. Right. Well, we're all interconnected, right? Yeah. So. Right. And there's, there's, you know, there's, I have a friend that has a market research company that they specialize in sustainability. And that's the big thing that they're talking about is people, people. It's, yes, the polar bears are important because they're an indicator of our, you know, things that will affect our health down the road. Uh-huh. But we got to talk about people. People are what matter because the earth will be fine without us. <laughs> it's us. Right, right. And I want everybody's life to be as good as possible, you know, for whatever time we have on the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be as good as possible. So, okay, so that's well, kind of where it came from. I love it. So let's dive right into the five myths then. What's the first one? So I actually have it here. So, and, and folks, I can give, I'll give you the link, Sheila. So okay. if people want to download this, they can. Sure. And they can have it for yourself. So myth number one. Green only matters to certain clients, like millennials, especially millennials and now Gen Zers. And I hear this one, oh, all the time. And I know you can blow a hole in that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that um, for me, I don't know. I mean, I do think that that's not just the case, that it's not just millennials and Gen Z, but they do care more about it maybe than past generations. But I think that... um, where we are today, a lot of, you know, not just Gen Zers or millennials care about green homes. I think it's, well, you're going to get to the rest of the myths, so I don't want to bust them up. No, no, no. And it's, so what you're picking up on is it's different reasons. Mm-hmm. So a young mom, my daughter just had a baby a few months ago. Well, she's really concerned about everything that she's bringing into the house because little granddaughter is going to be putting things in her mouth and crawling around on the floor. So they want as healthy of stuff in their home as they can. So yes, she is a millennial. So that's a great reason why you know, she as a millennial is concerned about it. And there's a lot of millennials that are starting families that this is a big concern. Mm-hmm. But go to the other end of the spectrum. Let's go to a retired couple. Mm-hmm. Why might they care about green? Well, right. They should care about green because I think everybody deserves to live in a healthier home, right? Once they make that connection that it's not just about energy efficiency, it's about living in a healthier home environment. We all deserve to do that. And what other kind of things are going to be important to a retired couple? Uh Living on a fixed income, knowing what their energy costs are going to be. So that's a big one. Uh Knowing that they don't have to do as much maintenance and take care of stuff. So having more durable finishes that are going to last longer with less stuff to take care of them is a big influence as well. Ironically enough, that's a big one with the younger generations too, just for different reasons. Yeah. Well, see, it's it's making the connection that those are the benefits. Right. Having a green home, right? And I think even, I mean, I'm really trying to get agents to see the possibilities of um, promoting themselves as wellness agents or, you know, sustainable agents, eco agents, green agents, whatever you want to call it. I just think that there's such an opportunity to educate their audience and their clients on this connection between health and home. And, um, and it's huge. yeah, it's huge. So I love, I love what you're doing. And we're getting a lot more, and ironically enough, COVID has brought the whole health and wellness picture very much front and center. Mm-hmm. People are starting to ask questions a lot more frequently. And we've 
got a lot more people better educated because of the internet. Uh And that's where most people are searching for homes in the first place. They're doing all this research on the internet long before they ever step foot in a home usually. Right. We'll see what an opportunity too then to market your home uh, with these benefits. I mean, I just did that. I had a listing and my um, seller had water filtration system. She was a health coach herself. And so she cleaned with non-toxic cleaners in the house. She had non-toxic pest control people. She, they had solar, they had, the list was, you know, extensive of what she had done to make it sort of a healthier home. And so I promoted that and it sold for the highest record price in the neighborhood by far. And it sold to, everybody loved it because I was talking about how healthy the home was and a family with a brand new baby were were the ones who bought it. And they were so excited about it. And, um, and I think it really did make a difference, even though I think there were three other homes in the neighborhood at the same time. And they were all, it was a track neighborhood where they all looked about the same. And this one sold much higher than the, than the rest. So there is an opportunity, even as an agent, to be helping your clients see yes. the benefits, right? And many of the MLSs around the country have places where you can... Um, put down if there's certifications in the home and you can put down if there's equipment or features in the home that are better mm-hmm. um, they may be more energy efficient more water efficient more health efficient or health conscious and there's actually um, an appraisal addendum the green appraisal addendum yes. that yes. can also be used so you know, anybody in the real estate business be it lenders be it real estate professionals look for these tools because they're huge and they're so, so helpful. And that green appraisal agenda is a great way to help appraisers understand that don't have the training. Well, yeah, it requires to have to get a green appraiser to appraise the home that has those features. Correct. And you can ask for that. So I think a lot of people don't know that you can ask for that. Well, and if you like Pearl certification is a certification that you can get and they market to realtors and it's super simple and they give you all the marketing stuff and they'll give you the green appraisal addendum and show you how to make it. So yeah, they've done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, You're ready for number two? Yeah, I'm ready for number two. No one's asking for green homes. (laughs) <laughs> and I hear this a ton from builders. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me for green homes. Well, that's because people don't ask for, you know, features. They ask for benefits, right? Exactly. I'm like, so do people come in and ask you for insulation? No. <laughs> do they ask you for windows? No. But everybody expects it. They think it's already in there. Matter of fact, something like 80% of Americans think their homes are more energy efficient and healthier than they actually are. Wow, really? Yeah. Well, and if you buy a newer home, you just expect that anyways, right? And I've been in some newer homes that are mm, a little scary. So yeah. yeah, so yes, people want this. You're exactly right. They want the benefits. And there's a great website that the National Association of Realtors and the National Association of Home Builders teamed up to build mm-hmm. called Home Performance Counts. And this website has great education for home dwellers and homeowners, as well as great education for professionals about how to have these conversations and what language to use. It's called homeperformancecounts.info.info. This is a wonderful site for education. Um, I offer some education too, but this is always my go-to where I aim people first and I 
tell everybody I can about it because it's getting the word out so we can all have these conversations. Mm -hmm. I love it. So yes, talk about the benefits. And the other thing I find a lot of builders do and even a lot of designers and remodelers and real estate professionals is they don't talk about the features that are there and the benefits that they bring to the table. I remember working with a friend of mine who is a real estate professional back in St. Louis and I was walking through the house to assess all the features. I came back upstairs, I said, hey, you know you have an Energy Star furnace downstairs? And she goes, no, why? What does that matter? And I said, well, that means that it is gonna be more efficient. Even if it's an older one, it's likely to be better kept up, lower maintenance and better efficiency and get a more comfortable outcome for the same bang for the buck. And she's, ah, had no idea. So just by noting the simple things that are in a home and knowing the benefits that equate to them, we mm -hmm. then understand when people ask for these things, how to point them to the features that fulfill those benefits. Right, because wouldn't everybody want to live in a home that is less toxic and has no mold and <laughs> is more comfortable and saves them money every single month? I think everybody's hand would go up if you asked that question. Hey, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have a, a friend in, who, in St. Louis too. I had a, a lot of people I worked with in St. Louis before I moved to Oklahoma. So forgive all the stories about St. Louis, but she had been an energy auditor with one of the utility programs and she had been in 1500 homes over several years. And actually I did a podcast with her several years ago that I still love to this day. She talks about some of the things that she saw in homes, even newly constructed homes, like you know, chimney chases not being covered up when they decided to move the chimney. And so gaping holes inside of the structures of homes that you couldn't see. Mm -hmm. And the effects that they have on the comfort and the well-being of the people in that home, simply because they got overlooked. So sometimes the answers are really, really obvious, but we don't know how to look for them. And that's where the professionals really can come into the table. Um, I advise everybody get an energy assessment when you're selling or buying a home. Mm -hmm. um, anytime you want to do a major upgrade, get it because they'll help guide you to um, matter of fact, there's a number of them now doing health assessments as well. We have a company here that's doing both energy and health assessments and they will help guide you to the things that are going to help give you the biggest bang for your buck first. So there's some great things that have been coming out of this way of looking at homes. And it goes beyond home inspection, right? Yeah, that's awesome. You're gonna to have to put me in touch with one of those energy efficiency health assessment people so I can have yeah. them on my podcast because that's really interesting. Um, I love that. And Oklahoma to boot. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's myth number three? Ah, you know this one. Green is expensive. It's come way down. Well, now, so a couple of different things. Number one, it is mainstream now. You can walk into any big box store and find better, healthier, safer, more comfortable results, products everywhere. You just got to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that really has been a big part of this conversation from day one is that it's back to this first time cost conversation. We look at things in this country on based on first-time cost. You get a mortgage based on first-time cost. And that's not the reality of what we have to do to have a home. Mm -hmm. Because there's ongoing, not only insurance and tax and interest payments, there's also maintenance. Mm -hmm. 
there's energy to fuel our homes to keep them heated and cooled mm -hmm. and all of that adds up mm -hmm. and oftentimes a quote-unquote green home that is built to higher standards or remodeled to higher standards or even maintained higher standards results in a lower cost a lower hassle factor to take care of on a monthly basis or a periodic basis so maybe your house does cost a little bit more upfront but hey what if your operational costs were a third of the house next door right i don't know that people realize that it could be a third or half or zero <laughs> yeah yeah especially when you add solar energy or other renewable energy it can really bring it down and renewable energy has also gotten very obtainable, very reachable. Um, I was amazed because we have very low electric bills here. There's only two of us that live in our home. And I, a buddy of mine has a solar company here. And I said, well, take me through, take me through the sales process, you know, sell me on this. And we actually recorded it. It's on my YouTube channel. And so he did the, because they were doing Zoom appointments right then. So yeah. we did appointment. he laid out what it would look like and my budget billing electric bill okay folks electricity in oklahoma is dirt cheap we're one of the yeah. lowest in the country so because of that my electric bills average about 65 bucks a month now i have they have not refigured that since we had the big freeze last year so they're going up so i thought okay there's no way we can get solar even into a realm to even compare with that right and we do live in an energy rated home it's not green rated but it is energy rated and i was shocked that i could buy a system granted with their special financing and everything and it was only going to be five to ten dollars a month different from my electric bill now i still have to stay connected to the electric grid for backup uh -huh. but i was amazed that it was that close and that's you know, I, I really encourage people look into these options and ask the questions well, because there's a lot of good options out there. Normally, for everybody else who doesn't live in a cheap electrical place, like if you live in California, much better picture. If you get solar, <laughs> it's going to be a huge savings than um, the ever right. electric right. bills. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of a worst case situation, and it still was much better than I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're in California or some of the other states where your electricity costs are four to five times what they are here, you can imagine the savings. Well, and new, it's, a, it's a new law this year, actually. All new homes have to have solar. So mm -hmm. I do think that, especially in California, with all new homes having solar and so many people putting them in, in a few years, it's going to be um, detrimental to you if you don't have solar because everyone's going to expect it. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm even, I mean, there's a growing number of homes, even in our subdivision, and we're just in a normal mm -hmm. suburb subdivision. And I see more popping up every now and then. So definitely worth it. So this whole idea of green is expensive. You got to look at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Looking at it, it's not apples to oranges. The other thing is that you got to look at the long-term picture because it's not the same. Well, here's something my solar guy told me, because um, we lived in a house where my, my bills were so expensive and I would turn around or turn off all the lights and I just thought, why is it still 
hundreds of dollars every month. <laughs> it's because later I found out after we sold the house from my solar guy that it's probably the landscape lighting and I had no idea. I said, well, it's low voltage. And he goes, low voltage does not mean low wattage. And the lower the, we froze. the wattage, sometimes the higher the wattage. And this was on three acres and we had tons of landscape lighting that was probably on all the time. So that made sense because I was like, geez, we probably... Oh, wow. We were paying hundreds of dollars just to landscape, just for landscape lighting. <laughs> so, and if you're not good at turning things off, there's great connected home technology to help you. Uh, yeah, to set things on timers. Set things on timers, but he said it's so worth switching those, all of that stuff over to LED lights because then you can leave them on totally and agree. the wattage is so low that um, it's not going to make a difference on your bill. Yeah. LEDs yeah. are top of my list. Yeah. Totally with you there. Well, myth number four, we kind of already tipped our hand on, and it is that solar panels will harm, harm, I can't even talk. Solar panels are the hallmark of a green home. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people assume that if a home has solar panels, it's automatically green. And that's not the case. It is a better home because it's not using traditional fuel to energize that home and to run that home but solar panels are even a better deal if you've already taken steps to make that home better to operate more efficiently and to optimize the health and safety and the comfort of that home so in your mind what is a green home so there's actually something that is um technically a green home is a green certified home and there's a number of certification programs out there. You mentioned Pearl, which is one that came out of the real estate industry. There's two big programs nationally that are in more of the build and remodel side. Mm -hmm. um, one is the National Green Building Standard, which is, an, I'm going to get really techy sounding here, folks, ICC 700 <laughs> standard. But that's the same group that does the codes. And the National Green Building Standard is a consensus-based standard, but it's endorsed by the home builders, the National Association of Home Builders. Mm -hmm. And then there's also LEED, and there is a LEED for homes. This is L-E-E-D, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And this comes out of the U.S. Green Building Council, which is a professional organization that has been a leader in green building and really started in the commercial sector, but has about 20 different certification programs under their umbrella now, and they operate internationally now, not just in the US. They both achieve pretty much the same outcome. You just kind of get there a little differently. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked mainly with National Green Building Standard and know it fairly well and am pretty comfortable. And one of the things, the couple of things I love about it, number one, you can remodel with it and still certify. So you don't have to do a gut rehab and go down to studs to be able to, to certify your home. Uh -huh. and you can actually even certify a room not many people doing that i'm not sure that makes the most sense but you could certify a room at a time as you're remodeling your home and by the end of it the whole house could be remodeled and green so they're so, going to look at the appliances if they're energy efficient look at the if you have insulation starts at the building envelope and uh -huh. it, it looks at not just the products that you're using to as to assemble your home, but also the practices that you're using because quality is huge in green building. It's not just important that you have the right windows, they must be installed right 
where they will leak and they will bring water into your walls and then you have mold and mildew issues. Right. So it's a holistic approach to building and remodeling that looks at all of the different key elements of how a home comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I love about the National Green Building Standard is it's super flexible and it works for any kind of home. It works in the country, it works in the city, it works for multifamily, it works for single family, but it is designed for homes that are being built or remodeled. Well, and, and a Pearl, a Pearl works great just for an existing home. So that's yeah. really a nice. And a I nice do find that anytime you get a certification, not only does it bring awareness to maybe some issues that you could clear up, you know, fix, but mm-hmm. when you do have time, go time, um, when it's time to sell, you're going to, I think the research says that it's eight to 15%. Is that the, is that the percentage higher? We've seen as high as 30. Really? 30%? Yes. That's yes. awesome. That's been in a market where green is highly, highly understood and highly right. uh, appreciated. Yes. But we see generally that these homes sell for, like you said, five to 15% more and they stay on the market much, much less time because that green certification stays with the home mm-hmm. and it says, Hey, a third party has said that you actually did what you said you would do. Right. It's that third party independent verification that really makes it gold. Kind of like getting a UL certification for a product. Somebody right. else is saying you did it. So right. that, that certification program is really kind of, that's really the gold standard. And the other thing that it's going to do by having any of these certifications, it's going to keep you away from greenwashing. And that greenwashing is, for y'all that haven't heard this term before, is where people are making green marketing claims, but there's nothing to back it up. Mm -hmm. There actually are laws through the FCC on what we're allowed to do and claim, but, you know, marketing kind of gets like marketing back in the day when sugars, everybody had sugar snaps and then sugar was bad. So then they named it honey snaps and didn't change the recipe, but all of a sudden people felt better about buying the honey snaps because they thought there was no sugar. (laughs) Oh no, I love it now is that we have real organic cane sugar. Right. It's healthy now because it's real cane organic sugar. Right, exactly. Or just the all natural label. Does what does all natural mean now that everybody uses it on everything? Um, yeah. So even though I love marketing, <laughs> I'm kind of a marketing person. You still have to be careful with you know reading the labels and paying attention to what it actually means. So yeah, you hit on a lot with that, and you know I think so much of this is just the communication. And that's why marketing is so important because that's a lot of where this education starts is with the marketing. You know, I don't expect the average homeowner to want to go out and really learn all the principles and concepts of what a green certified home can provide, but it starts. That's why I think there's tremendous opportunity in the home industry for us home professionals to be able to have these conversations and to steer them right? and ask the questions and then we know how to. And I think a lot of people are fearful in the industry that they're going to open up Pandora's box. And, you know, if you're a trusted resource for your client, Mm -hmm. that's gold. That's just gold. Which brings us to myth number five. And this is kind of what we were just talking about. The myth is that green is just a trend. No way, no how. It's here. Especially because of the pandemic. I mean, I think... 
people care all of a sudden now care about their environment. They realize that maybe, maybe even where they were living, I have, um, I interviewed a biophilic designer, but she's also um, a home biologist. And she said that because of the pandemic and people were staying in their homes for, you know, 24 hours for weeks on end, they realized they were getting sick, but then when they would leave their house and they weren't feeling as sick, <laughs> so then they wanted to get their house tested because they knew that there was something, you know, wrong. So what would you think is the number one thing you could do in your home to feel better? Ooh. What is it? Oh, uh, fix the air quality. And there's an easy fix that, especially in California, you can do easily. Uh-huh. And that's just bring in a little fresh air. Open the windows up. Uh-huh. Um, if, if, you know, we get cold here, but even just cracking the windows a little bit to bring some fresh air in and then like running the exhaust fans will pull some air in. Uh-huh. But getting, the, getting that fresh air in is huge. It dilutes anything that's in the air. Uh-huh. And you, unless you're living in a really polluted part of the, of the country, um, and then you, you know, if you're living next to a freeway, don't open the window. It's <laughs> not going to help you. I don't remember what it's called, but it's some sort of um, ventilator, like a heat recovery ventilator. Yeah. ERV, yeah. Energy recovery ventilators okay. and heat recovery ventilators. Um, different climates. Um, mm-hmm. Like here where we have cold and hot, we would use an ERV. And I believe in your climate, you would use an HRV. Mm-hmm. But they exchange, they constantly bring fresh air in. You can get them where they work into a central air conditioning and heating system. You can get them where they stand free, you know, freestanding. But bringing this fresh air into the home is so key because otherwise our central air conditioning and heating systems just recycle the air. Yeah. They don't air intake well and so even if there, you're exhausting it you're just usually just circulating it around the house more there's even air purification systems now that you can add too. correct but air purification does not do everything your right. your biggest standard is still bringing in fresh air yeah. and exhausting the stale air but an air purifier especially in combination with that can be great yeah yeah so did i hit it was that the number one thing air quality I, that's my number one thing now I will say, especially with COVID, you know, you look at some of the strategies, even to go read some of the, you know, scientific and medical papers, breathing, you know, we're exhausting it aerosolized into the air. So again, bringing fresh air in or being outside, we don't have, you're diluting it. So mm-hmm. it makes, it makes good sense. So anything that you're bringing in, at least you can dilute it or better yet, don't bring it in. But you know, that's impossible. Right. You can lower what you bring in, but you can't. I mean, we breathe out stuff. I mean, there's moisture when we breathe. It's you know, there's no way we can do this hundred percent. So you got to do a couple of different strategies. But um, fresh air is a big one. It actually, you know, I've got an ERV on my Christmas list. (laughs) That's awesome. But we're fortunate enough that we can usually open our windows every few days. Yeah, we don't. well, we do leave our door open for the dogs quite a bit in the kitchen when it's not super, when it's not really cold. But um, yeah. I'm not one. We have air conditioning, so I'm not one of those people that usually gets a cross breeze in the summer. But now I really think that I should probably do that more. Hmm. Yeah, I even turn. Um, so I'll open the windows on opposite sides of the house, and then I will turn the blower fan on mm-hmm. without turning the heat and the cool off. Just running yeah. that fan. 
to circulate the air through the house and to pull some of that fresh air in. Right. So that's just a good strategy to, um, you know, like we were, when we were sick, we purged the house. I opened up all the windows, I ran the fans and I got, I turned all the air over. Just got new right, air. Right, because you don't want to be recirculating so that. Get all that yucky stuff out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then water is probably the next one. Correct. Filter your water. Yeah. Very, there's a, a tool on the Environmental Working Group's um, website that's a zip code locator. So you can put your zip code in and it will tell you the different elements that are in your city water. Really? Is that EWG? Yeah, EWG.org. And I just, there's an official name for it, but I call it the zip code water tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, and bottled water is not much better, folks. A lot of times it's just tap water. And you're also making the plastic waste. So you're getting a yeah. double whammy. Uh, so wouldn't it be better if you had a whole house filtration system or at least um, something at your sinks you could drink? Even a pitcher filter is better than nothing. Even a simple carbon pitcher filter will take out some of it. And I'm a huge advocate of some is better than none. Yeah. So if you can't do it all, do what you can do and do the things that are going to be the most important to you. Cause all of us have different values and all of us have different hot buttons. So. Well, right. That, that does touch, because I do feel like I said earlier, some people feel like, Oh my gosh, it's too much. So I just won't do anything. Not even think about it. So what do you have to say to those people? So I actually have a little um, worksheet that I use with first time home buyers and I tell them to start with the three things they really, really, really want in their house. These are the three things that are most important to you. And this is going to mainly be probably based on your values and your beliefs. And then I tell them to think about the three things that they would really like, but they don't have to have. And then most importantly, I tell them the three things that are no way, no how. The okay. things you will not put up with. And they they may be based on different parts. It may not always be your health and wellness, but they tend to kind of circle around. So for instance, when we bought our house, we did not want a backyard that faced West. Mm -hmm. because you, can't, you can't sit in your backyard in Oklahoma if you have a backyard that faces to the West. And it, it just ruled out houses automatically. It made it a lot easier yeah. because we knew that was a no way, no how. And like, okay, that house, you know, backyard faces west, not doing it. So understanding that from your health and wellness perspective gives you some of that as well. Now, there's a lot of things we can upgrade in a home. Uh -huh. So for instance, what's the number one thing that a real estate professional will tell you to do when you're putting your house on the market? Um, stage it or do some curb appeal or paint it. Paint. Uh -huh. The one I was thinking of. So how do you use that thing that we almost all do before we sell a home and turn it into a health benefit? Paint with paint with no VOCs. Bingo. And now you've got a health benefit that you can market in that house. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. And every major paint company has great low and no VOC options. Right. Or now you can get really fancy and do, you know, clay finishes and, milk paint and all the other options. But that's a fairly easy way to do, you're already gonna be painting. Mm -hmm. So just do it in a way that turns it into a benefit. Right. Well, and they're more, they're getting the same that thing. expensive. 
I don't think that no, that not was now. They're just, I, no. I don't know if it's just in California or the paint is low VOC. Just if you get a water-based paint, you don't get oil-based paint. So pretty much what I'm starting to see is more and more manufacturers phase, phasing out mm -hmm. some of their lines. And it's got to be expensive to have multiple lines. I don't know how they can afford all that. So just go better, right? Well, and have you heard of Safe Coat? Yep. I carry it on my shop. Yeah. So they have a lot of awesome products that are all. I have an online shop and Safe Coat is one of ours. And yeah. it's even asthma and allergy doctor recommended. So it's, it's beyond just low VOC. That's good. I mean, they make, they make a lot of finishes and um, some other products as well. Yeah, they make like, um, they make something that you, if something is off-gassing, you can cover it up so it stops the off-gassing. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that is. Yeah. It's been a while since I looked at that. Um, but even, even covering up a high VOC paint with a low VOC paint will help some, not as yeah. much as doing one that would stop off-gassing. But, you know, as as you look at making upgrades to a home, look at how you can make them better. How can you make them healthier? How can you make them more durable? And how can you make them easier to clean? That's mm -hmm. been a big one. You know, now that we're all cleaning nuts, cleaning carpets a pain. Cleaning floors easy. Right. I can. Don't that's use bleach, one of my wish list. <laughs> Get I know. Do, you, do you keep? You don't use bleach, do you? We shouldn't be using. Oh bleach. my gosh, no! Great DIY recipes. So. Like, instead of putting bleach on mold, we have to try hydrogen peroxide. Did you know putting bleach on mold doesn't actually kill the mold? It actually just turns it white? It doesn't kill the mold. No, you can just clean it off the surface, and that'll only work on a hard surface. Yeah. So anytime you've got mold on anything that is a food source, you just got to cut it out. Right. Exactly. And you don't want to use bleach because that's not going to be good for you. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I cannot. I'm somewhat chemical. I'm smell sensitive. Uh -huh. And like I can smell some chemicals like from hundreds of yards away. <laughs> I've just gotten really sensitive to them. So yeah. you just don't bring them in. Right. And I think a lot of that started with getting so much of that out years and years ago with my daughter's situation. Yeah, that's good. And how, Funny how enough, she's more tolerant than I am. <laughs> what? Well. well, it was such a pleasure having you on the show today, Marla. Thank you so much. We learned so much about green homes. And if anybody has um, questions or they want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Marla at greenhomecoach.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. My handle's at greenhomecoach. And there's a podcast up there. If you go to my website, um, have a podcast. I have a bunch of resources up there. Yep. And what is, what's your podcast called? Everyday Green Home. Yes, I love it. So Thank it's you been, so much. It's been a pleasure to do it. And it's been a pleasure to talk with you today, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine. 
and they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.